for all that he is doing. I have been beside myself uh, with uh, joy and with excitement over all that the Lord is doing. And uh, of course, there, there are the challenges of God. You know, when God, when God shows up, he begins to talk to you and mess with you. And uh, <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but when God messes with me, sometimes it's hard to uh, gain my, it's hard for me to gain my, comp- regain my composure. But uh, thank God he's given us his grace and he's given us his, his mercy. And uh, for those of you that aren't, aren't aware, we, we've been, uh, you know, since the beginning of this year, most, most of you are, uh, but there might be one or two here, but since the beginning of this year, we've really been getting before the Lord. And um, uh, last, uh, last week, we were here every day uh, of the week, and there was nights that I spoke, uh, there were nights that I didn't, there were nights that we prayed and praised, and that was what we did. Uh, you know, there was nights that I, I wonder, I think we left here wondering what it was that we did do, but... <clears throat> but the Lord did, he did meet us every, every, every night. And, uh, and so this week, we, uh, I don't anticipate us doing what we did last week, but on Friday, we will be gathering for uh, what we're going to just call revival nights. And, and uh, we don't know what will happen, but we will be getting together to worship and to praise. And so um, normally we would have outreach. And I know some of you like, well, shouldn't we be out there? If God's moving, shouldn't we be out there? You know, there are times that God gathers people in as believers. And that, that's the time that we're in right now. And, and um, I, I spoke on this last night at, um, at a Faith Connection Church. But, you know, before I, before I get into that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and sensitive to what uh, all that I feel like the Lord wants to do, but before we do that, let's receive the offering and let's, let's uh, make sure that we, uh, uh, I know that some people think that this is just a, a part of protocol and something that we do out of um, a force of habit or uh, because we're, we're in desperate need of a budgets being met. That, that's not really true. We believe in supernatural increase. And um, never, listen, never give up on the promises of God concerning prosperity and more than enough. You know, God is not a God of barely enough. God is not a God of not enough. God is a God of more than enough. That's why in Scripture, uh, when, when we hear some of the names of God, one of the names of God is El Shaddai, which means the God of more than enough. Not El Chipo, El Shaddai. Say, God, say this with me. Say, God is not El Chipo. He's not, and I didn't say El Chico. Anybody remember that old restaurant? I don't think they have it around anymore. Not El Chipo. He's, <laughs> he's El Shaddai. Amen. And so God, when, when God uh, supplies your need, he doesn't want to just supply it to the point where the need is met. He wants to exceed the need. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says this, Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you could ask or think according to the power that works in you. So God doesn't just want to do, God doesn't want to fall short of what you have need of. God didn't just want to meet the need, but he wants to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to the power of that works in you. Now, some people say this. They say, well, you know, it's not about the money. You're right. It's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. I was in, I was in Mountain View, Arkansas one time, and I was teaching people about uh, the abundant supply 
that we, that we have in him. And the Bible talks about it everywhere. I don't know why uh, some people get their drawers in a bunch when people, some people talk about it. But, you know, uh, even, even in uh, religious circles, uh, uh, people where, I say in religious circles, where people don't um, necessarily believe that they ought to surrender their hearts to the lordship of Jesus and get born again, uh, just where they go through different religious rituals and, and whatnot, even in those circles, one of the most popular psalms in those cir- circles is the 23rd Psalm. And that 23rd Psalm, in fact, will you pull that up, Jess? Will you put the 23rd Psalm up here? Um, that 23rd Psalm, which is uh, one of those common scriptures that is uh, read in every denomination it, traditionally, it says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, can you do me a favor and throw it up there in the Amplified Classic? Because I want you to see, because some people, they look at that and they don't, they don't really understand what that means. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and shield. I shall not lack. Come on now. I mean, that 23rd Psalm right at the beginning. If if I had an interpretation, if they asked me to interpret that Psalm, what does the English Standard Version say? Um, English Standard Version, because I didn't didn't bother to look. It says says the same thing. But... uh, so the Lord is my shepherd. You could say it this way. I have everything I need. That's right. I everything. Amen. The Lord is our shepherd. And because he's our shepherd, we don't lack anything. Glory to God. We have everything that we need. Now let's, let's read on. Uh, he makes me to lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. Next verse. He refreshes and restores my life. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness and right standing with him, not, uh, not for my earning it, but for his name's sake. Did you see that? He doesn't do these things because we've earned it, but he does it to uphold. <laughs> Boy, I'm getting stirred up right now. Amen. He does it to uphold. Hold his name. Oh, amen. 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 Let's, let's, let's go on. Uh, yes, though I walk through the deep sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil, for you are with me, your rod to protect me, your staff to guide me. They comfort me. Next verse. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Listen, some of you that are facing the enemy right now, you know what you ought to be doing? Glory to God. You ought to be taking, you ought to be taking your napkin. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You ought to be putting it up on you because God prepares a table. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemy. Listen, if you're facing the enemy right now, if the enemy is trying to persuade you that you're going down, that you're going out, that you're not going over, just get out your napkin, tuck it in your shirt, declare, this is, here's what you can say out your mouth. This is the part where the Lord prepares a table before me. Amen. Where I get to eat right in front of you. Amen. You anoint my head with oil. 
My brimming cup runs over. More than enough. Next verse. Surely or only goodness, mercy, and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life and through the length of my days the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. Thank God. Is that the last verse? How good is that? Amen. You know what? That's the measure with which God wants to bless you. Do you hear any, anything lacking in that verse? In that chapter? There's not one thing lacking. There is not one thing missing. Listen, today, as we sow in the offering, as we give our tithe, you know, I know that some people think that all, when, we, when some preachers talk about this, it's all an attempt to try to extort money uh, from people. Listen, you've got to get that stinking thinking out of your head. You can't, look at me, church. If you're part of this church, you need to do your best to eradicate that kind of thinking from your thought life. That needs to be the furthest thing. When we come together, if those things rise up in your mind, you need to immediately take control of those thoughts and, and, and bring them captive. And, and the Bible says to bring, uh, to, uh, to uh, bring every thought captive and bring it to the obedience of Christ so that we can, um, so that we can live according to his word and not, not be encumbered by the flesh and by uh, thoughts that are, uh, are uh, stirred up in our minds by our flesh and by the enemy. Amen. You say, but Pastor Ziggy, don't those thoughts keep us safe? No, the Lord keeps you safe. What, what do we just see in these verses? It's the Lord that keeps you. As long, as long as your heart and your eyes remain fixed on him and upon his word, you're going to be all right. You say, well, what if someone takes advantage of me? Are you really taking, being taken advantage of when you're doing what God said? You know what? I, over the years, I've sown into some people's lives and into some people's ministry that I know good and well that what I gave didn't go toward what they said it would. I know there were preachers that received all. I know there were preachers that were, that were uh, uh, manipulating the word of God and manipulating my emotions and pulling on my heartstrings to get me to do something uh, in the offering. Yep. But you know what? When, when that happened, even though I felt the emotional, even though when I tuned my ear to hear what the Lord said, there were times the Lord told me, I want you to be obedient to my yeah. word and do what I said. And I did what the Lord told me to do. I remember one time, Ted, of course, he's not here, but um, uh, he, he had told me, he sent, uh, there was a fellow in Texas, Dallas, Texas, his name was uh, uh, Bob Tilton. Anybody remember Bob Tilton? He did some time in prison uh, for fraud and other things. But Bob Tilton, he had a television ministry. And, and one time I went to Ted's house and there was this Bob Tilton picture. <laughs> This poster of Bob Tilton with his hand out like this, and there were this red, green, and purple uh, prayer cloths or whatever. These trinkets that he would send out in the mail when people would send him offering. And it's laying out there at Ted's house. I said, Ted, what are you doing with this? He said, well, he said, Bob Tilton said to make a vow. And he said, I just felt in my spirit, I pro felt prompted of the Lord that I needed to make a vow. I said, Ted, I said, you know that guy's just trying to get you. That's, you know that that, I mean, And Ted, Ted was like, 
Well, I, yeah, I know it. I said, well, why did you send him money? He said, because I was prompted of the Lord. Now, see, some of you say, why would the Lord prompt you to send money to someone who is low down and not, you know, not completely right, not doing things appropriately, et cetera, et cetera. You know, sometimes God asks us to do stuff just to see if we'll do it. Well, you know what? You, how can you get a harvest when you're sowing seed into ground that's not good? Hey, listen, God, seed, seed sown where God tells you to sow it will produce an extraordinary harvest. God told Abraham, who the Bible said, you know, was already dead in his own body. In other words, physically didn't have what it took for reproduction. And Sarah whose womb was dead. You know what that meant? That meant that her reproductive system had already shut down. She'd already gone through the pause. Some, listen, yeah, some, some of you women know what I'm talking about. Listen, I, I said that, some of y'all went like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that scripture says. But you know what? God told Abraham, I need for you to sow seed into a dead womb because out of your dead seed and out of that dead womb, I'm going to produce a promise. Amen. And so Ted, he did what the Lord told him to do. And because he was obedient, not to, not to men. Do you know, it had nothing to do with Bob Tilton and his ministry. It had to do with his obedience to the word of God. He heard God's word, and in that word that Bob Tilton had preached, it was a real word. It was, a, it was about uh, um, making a pledge, making a vow. And Ted made a vow, and he paid his vows, and the Lord blessed him as a result. So that's where your heart has to be. Amen. Some of you got to get your money loosed. And the way you get your money loosed is by trusting in the Lord with all of your heart right. and being obedient to him. So if you're sowing today, you can sow through text to give, uh, which I'm sure was up there at some point and I missed it. Text to give, which uh, uh, you can text keyword winner's shirt 77977, or you can, uh, there are envelopes, you can write a check, you can give cash. But as you give, I want you to expect that as you give, it's coming back to you. Good measure, press down, shake it together and running over. Amen. Uh, supersede week number uh, eight. So if you're participating in Superseed, uh, you can join us in that. $8 over and above your tithe and your offering. Let's pray over this uh, offering. Father, we thank you today. We thank you for the privilege and the honor that we have to be able to give to you, Lord. As we give today, we're expecting that you're going to involve yourself in our finances. Lord, I thank you that you're opening up doors in, in this house for people uh, to uh, become employed. Employed, Lord, with jobs that require half the work that they've done in the past for double the pay. Lord, creating an opportunity for them to be about the Father's business. Lord, I thank you that your people are favored in this hour. I thank you. Lord, I'm just going to forget about everybody else in your body. And I'm going to focus my prayer on the people in this church. And Father, I thank you that those that are seated in this building today are being preferred over everybody else. Lord, I thank you that your grace is being extended toward them in the name of Jesus. 
Lord, let the damn walls break. The damn walls that have held back every blessing. The damn walls that have held back every, every bit of provision and every bit of supply. Lord, let the damn walls break that have kept back, Lord, the harvest and the promises of God that you have given your people. I thank you, Father, that today your blessing's being released to them, that they're getting jobs and better jobs. Lord, that money's coming in the mail, that they're getting raises and bonuses in the name of Jesus. They're finding money. They're getting inheritances, God, in Jesus' name. But God, you're supplying and exceeding everything, Lord, that they have need of according to your riches and glory in the name of Jesus. And today, Father, we thank you for it. And everybody that believed it shouted amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, some of y'all need to take a minute and shout about it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory. Thank God. Thank God. Brother Shambach, he said, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. (laughs) You don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. Turn to someone and tell them, you don't have any trouble. All you need, all you need is faith in God. Abe, it's true. It's true. Amen. Well, praise God. Thank God. Well, this this is a revival church here. Some people, they're not accustomed to coming to church and being in that flow of the Holy Ghost. But I'm so grateful to God. I'm so grateful to God that that he's brought us together. I know we've got... uh, We've got some people out. Some people are, um, you know, uh, not with us. But let's, let's continue to pray for them. Continue to pray for Clint and Talisha. We want, we, we're looking forward to seeing the brand new baby, Sophia. But uh, they, they have had some health challenges. They've been struggling in their physical bodies. They, uh, I think they ended up uh, at the ER a couple days after the baby was born. Just they're, they're, they're fighting through some things that, with sickness. So agree with me in prayer that... Uh, the Holy Ghost is going to be manifested there uh, in their house today, and he's going to bring about a healing uh, in their bodies in the name of Jesus. It's, it's trying to attack the whole family. You know how it is. Some of you that have families know how it is. Man, it'll just jump on one and start jumping around, and, and then it make its, try to make its way around again. And so we're saying it's going to stop today in the name of Jesus because uh, we want them to be here back in the house of God. But continue in prayer for them. Make sure that you lift them up. And then others that don't get to come and be with us. You know, we have a sister, and I hope she listens every week. I'm not positive that she does. I hope she does. But her name is Melissa Williams. She lives in Stillwater, works in Stillwater. But uh, she is a member of this. Many of you don't even know her. She's come, and she's been here, and you all say hello to her. You probably treat her more like a visitor because we see her so infrequently that 
You know, it doesn't seem like she's a part of our church, but she is a regular tither, a regular offering giver at this church. She sends me messages, asks me to pray for her, uh, for her job and, and whatnot, but, uh, she's, but she's clear over in Stillwater, and so uh, she listens, and she's a part of this church, but she doesn't get to come very often. Uh, she's a Native American lady. Uh, usually, you know, she'll come in and sit in the back. Uh, I think she may have made, no, I don't think she made it to this revival. I'm not sure she made it to this revival whether it was January or October, but one of the revivals, either October or January, she made it to, and uh, we're so glad that she does. But there are people that consider this to be their church that we, we don't really see hiding her hair of them. Every now and again, we get a tithe or an offering or we get a phone call or something. But, but it's, it's my prayer that it, no matter who is, is if, they, if they believe they're, they're numbered with us and that's, that's what's in their heart, and some of them it's just a belief in their, you know, in their head, and others it's true. You know, they just don't get to come. Uh, let's not forget about them and let's continue to keep them in prayer. Those that come every now and again that we don't see every week, let's keep them in prayer. Let's pray that God will, you know, uh, one of the things that when I started, when we started Winner's Church, when we planted this church, one of the things that I knew would be difficult, I'm, my, my style of preaching and the way I minister is real good for people that are 100 percenters. When people are 100% in, man, I'm their man. If you're, like, if you're like 80%, I kind of start to get on your nerves. But when you're, but, but when, but when you're, a, when you're like a 50%er, it's hard to come to Winner's Church. Because every time I'm up here, I'm like, come on, come on. You know, and we can do that at a concert for two and a half hours. But every day at church, it's like, ooh, man, that dude. If you're a 30%er, woo, odds of you sticking around plummet radically. Yeah, just making it through a meeting. And we've had those. Remember Eric, that dude that came, packed up his guitar right after the first service, man. He's like, I'm out. I'm out. Eric's like, what's wrong with you, man? I paid you to be here for the week. He's like, I don't agree with that guy. (laughs) He's like, I didn't pay you to agree. I paid you to play. (laughs) He's like, I just can't do it. But uh, it's the way that it is, I guess. (laughs) Isn't it funny how people will get? But, uh, but we're, we're grateful for all those that call this their home. And so uh, if you don't have a home church, I just want to say this to you. Welcome home. All Kiara, right. it's good to see you, Kiara. Yes. Kiara's one of those ones that don't get to be with us a, a whole lot. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, that's Carolyn's daughter. Yes. Lift up your hand, Kiara, so everybody can see you. That's Carolyn's daughter. We love you, Kiara. We've been, yeah, we've been knowing Kiara since she was tiny. We've been knowing Kiara since... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've been knowing Kiara since she was like this big. So uh, praise God. All right. Uh, for those of you that came to Revival yesterday, this is going to be somewhat repetitive, but act like you're really engaged. Shout amen for me. Amen. But anyway, and, and I, I mentioned this during one of the Revival meetings as well, but I believe that uh, um, God, is, God is doing something. All y'all are aware that there's something happening all over the nation, all over the country. And uh, we are glad to say that here at, at our church that we recognized it way early on. I mean, right at the beginning of the year, we recognized something. But that's not to pat ourselves on the back. That's just to say that um, what, what we're experiencing here at our church isn't because of something that we saw happen in another part of the country. And uh, that's, that's, what, that's what really encourages me about what is happening right now, because what started to happen about, you know, several, a couple of weeks ago, 
um, over in other parts of the nation, over in Kentucky, Ohio, and some of these universities. Um, at the beginning of the year, we as a church began to experience that, and we began to give ourselves over to the Spirit uh, because uh, He was drawing us in the, in the same manner that now many people. And it's, uh, to me, uh, it really it does say a lot about where the church is at. You know, the Bible, that's why the Bible tells us that we have to be led by the Spirit, because we can miss out on what God wants to do if we're not led by the Spirit. Too many people, the way they're led by the Spirit is they see where the Spirit's moving, and then they're like, ooh, you know, I'm going to go there because that, that's how they think that being led by the Spirit is, is that you just recognize. Where, but if you're showing up to where God has been, then you're not really walking after the Spirit. When you're walking after the Spirit, you don't, you don't go where God's been. You hang out where God's at. And sometimes the only way we recognize the, the, that the Spirit is working and moving someplace is that He knocks over a table, He knocks over a person. <laughs> he, he, he caused someone to be set free from an evil spirit. You know, we see these, we see these things that are, that are familiar to us as the moving of the Spirit. And I mean, you, you, now, now we know that the moving of God's Spirit doesn't just work, the, God doesn't just work the way He works in Pentecostal charismatic people. God works the way he works no matter what your denomination is. God works the same way in all of us. When he gets a hold of us, he gets a hold of us thoroughly. And we will be uncharacteristic in the way that we act. You know, I, I wish people would see that in what's happening. Is that what is happening all around the nation is very many, what, what is causing people to look to these spots of, of what they're calling revival and awakening is, is this, is that people are acting uncharacteristically. Oh, yeah. In other words, they weren't praying before and now they're praying. That's uncharacteristic. They, they weren't worshiping with the same passion that they're worshiping with now. In fact, I loved watching a video someone sent me of a uh, of one of these colleges where the, the spirit of the Lord is breaking out, and it's a it's a non uh, Pentecostal, non charismatic, and you know what they're doing? They're dancing around at the altar and praising God. Boy, I mean, the forefathers of some of those things they must be shouting and rejoicing because many of these denominations that um, that grew cold um, they were birthed in the fire of God. And they're just returning back to something that has been forgotten about. Amen. The wells of revival are being redug. Thank God. So here's, here's what ought to be encouraging to you is that around here, we, it, it wasn't like we were sparked because of something that we... See, we were, we were kind of like Peter when, when Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And, and, and so, then and they said, well, some say you're this, some say you're that, some say you're the other. And then he says, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter spouts off and he said, well, you're the Christ, yeah, right. the son of the living God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Peter looks at him and says, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but my father, which is him. In other words, he got a revelation. It came out of the spirit. And because of that, he said, you're a rock. And upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. It's out of, it's out of that kind of revelation, the kind of revelation that comes from what you see in the natural, that, that you see by flesh and blood, 
You know, there are a lot, there are a lot of people that are going to get turned on to the Lord and turned on to the Spirit and turned on to revival by going and seeing and experiencing. But do you know the kind, the kind of experience and the kind of revelation that produces an individual or an organization that the gates of hell will not prevail against is one that comes by revelation. Amen. By what you don't see with your eyes. Are y'all, are y'all hearing me today? Amen. By what you don't feel with your hands. But, but, but by what you sense in your spirit and you yield to. But, but more than that, um, I think that what... Uh, of course, you get on, um, I, I, sh- I guess I should ask this because Shelby was like, I finally did some research and found out what y'all was talking about because Shelby was like totally oblivious. She's like, I have no idea which I, we must be following different people on, online. Yeah. But how many of you are aware of what I'm talking about? You know, you know that there's something happening in uh, Asbury, Asbury University uh, in uh, what's it? Well, uh, Lee University, uh, Cedar Creek University. Uh, there's, there's, there's lots of different places all over the nation where, um, and, and here's the thing. If you look at it in the natural, here's, here's how you would, you, would, you would see it. You'd say, well, uh, God's moving at universities. He's not using preaching. He's using singing and praying. And the demographic is between 19 and 25. So if you don't fall within those parameters, probably it's not going to happen with you. You're just going to have to watch. But that's not true. That's, that's people's perspective from looking on. So, so all of you, all of you then are aware of what I'm talking about? Are all of you aware? If you're not aware, wave your hand because I want to make sure. All right, Seth, he's, he's been working too much. So anyhow. <laughs> okay, Seth, there's a revival going on. <laughs> <laughs> Seth is like, well, you know, I know we've been getting together around here. Amen. <laughs> he could barely keep up with the texts, but um, so there's there's something going on. And um, but I, I what I think what people don't understand, people are trying to draw out of what they see what what's happening. They're trying to draw out of what they're some people have gone because they just want to be there and experience it, which is good. Listen, if you're drawn to go to one of these places, if, 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 there's, an, if there's this drawing and this longing in your inner man to go, don't wait until it's over and miss it. Get in your freaking car, man. Pack up your stuff. You say, well, I don't have any money for a hotel. Buy a blow-up mattress. Throw it in the back of your car. Throw it in the back of your pickup or whatever. But do whatever you got to do to respond to what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. Now, you know, you say, Pastor, are you going to go? Well, I'm, I'm not, it's not in my plans right now to go um, to any of these places because, um, because the Lord has shown up here for us. And what they're experiencing, we're experiencing, I'm not sure we're experiencing it the same way. When you get 25 hundred people lined up outside of your church, it does bring a different atmosphere. It does bring an, in, an, an intensification of what is going on. And we don't have that. But you know what? I'm not disappointed. Here's the deal. God is in control. God is in control. You know what? At the beginning of the year, the Lord could have caused this to be one of those places where people lined up and they were thousands of cars, but that's not, that, that's not our part in this. 
And so you know what? Instead of trying to make it, you know, because some people will try to, I'm already seeing, you know, on social media, people are trying to uh, hype up, you know, oh, it's happening at our church. We went, we brought it back. You know, we're, uh, make sure you get here. We're going to lock the doors at two o'clock. You're not going to be able to get in. And, you know, and they only got 10 people there. And they locked the doors at two. It's like, dude, open up the doors. You got 10 people there. You, you can fit 200. I mean, don't, we're not going to get foolish. We're not going to get goofy like that. We have to, and we have to be careful that we don't get drawn. I, I have a tendency to want to get drawn into some of this stuff and let it get in my head. And, um, and it, it, bo- it, bo- it just bothers me that people, it's, it seems to me, uh, what, what frustrates me is I want to reach out through my computer and grab people by the shirt and shake them and be like, what's wrong with you? You've never gotten this right. You're not getting it right now. Go ahead now. Seems like they've always had difficulty, and they're still having difficulty with it. And so anyhow, um, but some people in the natural, they're trying to look to see, to see uh, something in what God is doing, some kind of pattern, some kind of, uh, uh, some kind of a, uh, um, oh, how do you say, uh, 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 a bucket list, a ch- a ch- boxes that they can check off to figure out, uh, how do we do this? How do we get in this? How do we, how do we uh, entertain this? What is, it that, what is it that God's doing? What is it that he's saying? Is he, is he saying that he wants 19 to 25-year-olds? Is he saying that he doesn't want to do this in the, in the church, in a church building, that he wants to do this in the auditoriums of universities uh, across it? What is God's, that's, that's what's happening. What is, the, what is the Lord saying to us by what is happening, by what's going on, by what he's doing right now in this nation. And people are looking for answers. I think some of you, because the Lord has drawn you, you're looking for answers. Because when you, when you get in his presence, he, he, he stirs up a hunger and a thirsting and a longing for more of him. And you know what happens when we start having that longing? We thought before this that we did have more of him. And now we're questioning, you know, we're questioning how much we did have of him. And so it's like, it starts this whole process of questioning and examining and taking inventory of our lives and sometimes wrestling with uh, inadequacies and insecurities and believing that somehow or another, maybe we missed out because we failed God in some way, because we didn't present enough of ourselves to him. What you have to understand is this, church, those people didn't present enough of themselves to God either. They were in the exact same place as everybody else was in this nation, they were cold. They were away from God. They were prayerless. They were worshipless. They were stuck in a cycle. And there was something on the inside of them when the spirit of God touched them that brought them to their knees and caused them to open up their mouths in praise and in prayer and in worship and in thanksgiving to God that opened up a door that we knew existed all the time. Amen. We've known it exists. The Bible told us that God inhabits the praises of his people. Where two or three are gathered, he's there. These are not unknowns. These are basic, simple Bible truths that people have forgotten because they're trying to get God to do something he already said he would do. God, will you come? We need your presence. And and his word says it. If If two or three of you will gather in my name, I'm there. Lord, we, we, we want you to come. God, will you come? God inhabits the praises of his people. Yeah. 
I mean, go figure that a bunch of people would get together out of hunger and out of thirst to God to pray and to praise and that God would show up. And then some people saying, this isn't revival, this is normal Christianity. Well, that's, that's, what, that's when we're talking about revival. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about going back to what was in the beginning. When men left their jobs and left their homes and went to follow after Jesus. Oh, yeah. That they walked with him, that they ministered with him, that they ministered to him. Then he died, <laughs> rose from the dead. <laughs> and then he sent his spirit. So, so it's like, what, what, do we, what do we want to look at? How do we want to see this? I'm going to tell you this. The, the first thing that, look, can, can y'all look at me just for one second? Look at me for one second. The first thing you want to do is you want to make sure that when you're looking at this, you look at it from the perspective of Scripture. And I'm going to tell you that what is happening now is no different than what happened in the Bible. Amen. I don't know why. Some, I haven't heard anybody talk about this yet. Why nobody is, is shouting this from the rooftops to the entire church. Because I think it's, it's, it's extremely important that we understand that this and, and every other revival that's ever happened, that these things have started the exact same way. And for the exact same purpose. And so I talked last night to everyone out at Faith Connection about following the model of heaven. You know, uh, church, church growth, church builders, they, they started establishing different models to, to, to create different results with their ministries. And all those went the way of the dodo after COVID because none of those models worked anymore. Uh, every church, every, every program, every way that the church was trying to reach people became insignificant, <clears throat> ineffective. Um, we were no longer able to, well, I say we, they were no longer able to meet in their buildings to use their, you know, their big screens and their fog machines and come in their skinny jeans. Now everybody was in their, you know, pastors were in a nice shirt and pajama bottoms, maybe even their underwear, sitting in front of cameras, preaching, you know, to people. <clears throat> it was a totally different environment. And none of, none of the things that they believed were uh, relevant. And that was the word that people used. If you want to be relevant, these people are the most relevant. These churches are the most relevant churches in the nation. These are the people that are the most relevant people. All of a sudden, all of these people that had relevance were irrelevant. And people all over the world, not just church people, I mean, in light of the, the black death that was coming to take us all, which was a lie. Anyway. I mean, no, it's, I mean, COVID is real, but the, the lie was that every one of y'all are going to die if you got it. And then you got it and you were like, this is it. I mean, some people got real bad sick, but other people are like, for real, this, that was it. Cause I ate a Taco Bell one time and it was worse than, you know what I mean? Some, some people that, <laughs> some of y'all like when they used to serve in Cheritos, I had one of them. Listen, anything called an enchirito, you shouldn't put in your mouth. <laughs> I'm going way back. I'm on the... Uh, <laughs> Brandon's like, yeah, man, I think I had one when I was three. <laughs> but there's, there, 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 are different, there are different ones that they, you know, they, they, they were like, how are we going to recover from this? Because now... 
we're not, we're not the most relevant ones. Now we're not the most influential. Now, everything came down to a message. Do you know how many people reached out to me? I think I told you all. I had so many people, people that I hadn't talked to in years, started messaging me and calling me during COVID and saying, what's the Lord saying? I wanted to tell them so bad, don't you wish you knew? Don't you wish you knew? You're asking me what God is saying? You hadn't asked what I thought since you got that big old church and wouldn't let me come preach. You hadn't wanted to hear what I said after you got down the road and used me as a, you know, as a stepping stone to get to where you were going. And that was all our relationship meant to one another. You know, you want to you get, you, you you get sideways with people. I, I, my, that's, this is my flesh talking. That's, that's what was going on in my flesh. So, you know, some of you all that think that you have a wrestle with your flesh, I have to wrestle with mine too. So my response wasn't, don't you wish you knew? My response to them was, God is saying what he's always said. God hasn't changed. What did God tell you before this pandemic? What did he tell you before all this went down? Because God told us revival now. Do you know what that means? That doesn't mean revival after this is over with. That doesn't mean revival after everything goes back to normal. That means revival now. That's what God said. God said that he was still in control. God said that he would take and he would turn around, uh, turn this thing around. And what the devil meant for destruction, God would use it to build the church. Amen. That what the devil tried to use to destroy us, God would take and he would put it in the devil's face. And he would raise it up to be something glorious. Amen. So when we look at the, when we look at the pattern of scripture... Uh, Last week, I talked about, last week, I talked about your identity. Remember? And where does your identity have to come from? Not from your gift. Not from your gift, but from your purpose. Not from what you do, but what you be. Your identity can't come out of what you do because you might not always be doing what you do. And if your identity is wrapped up in what you do, you're going to get in a tailspin real quick when you don't get to do what you do. You say, well, how, how is it that we can be stopped in doing what we do? Sometimes God stops us from yes, doing what does. we do. Sometimes yes. the Lord says, you know what? Uh, you're about to shift gears. I don't need for you to do that no more. You know, Cherie, uh, what she has done for the last several years, Miss Rhonda, um, uh, th- those that are on the team of outreach, last week or whatever, I think it was last week or week before, I, I told everybody, we're going to meet here on Friday. We're not going to do, we're not going to go and do outreach. But we knew before that. We did. Years. We were talking about, that, that was the thing is that we talked about it. And, we, and I told Shri, I said, things are going to change. I don't know how, yeah. but things are going to change. So yeah. when, we, when we did away with that, here's the thing. If, if, if your identity is wrapped up in what you right. do, then some of you that have done outreach, right. what am I going to do? Why are you trying to take away from me what God gave me? The Lord told me to do this. Who are you to tell me? See, that's what starts to happen. Have you talked to him lately? No. 
Who are you to tell me I can't do? How, who, who are you to shut down outreach? I don't think that's pleasing to God. You know what? Y'all are doing something that's unscriptural. The Bible says to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every. You know, then people start trying to use scripture. Thank God that's not what happened with us. But you know what, Brother Reuben? My, my cousin, yeah. Pastor and Swan, he got up, he talked to his people. God gave him a dream at the beginning of this year. God gave him a dream. He said, you know what, folks? The Lord showed me that he doesn't want us coming together uh, just to serve ourselves. That much of the songs that we have sung have been songs about us to him. We've been singing about us to prop ourselves up, trying to help ourselves instead of praising and worshiping him. And you know what the Lord told me? That's what the, this would, I'm talking for Reuben. He told his church, he said, the Lord told me that, um, he said, I want to tell the worship team, y'all need to start picking songs that glorify God and that don't talk about us. And he said, you know what? We're trying to entertain the presence of God. Not so we can lay hands on people. Not so we can heal sick people. Not so we can have miracles. We're trying to entertain the presence of God because that's the point. The point is for us to create a place where he can enthrone himself upon our praises and upon our worship so that we can be in his presence and be transformed by his presence. So we can live like God intended for us to live. So we can function instead of malfunction. Do you know what, yeah. the, the day he preached that, right after the service, his worship leader said, worship is not your deal, it's my deal. God called me to do prophetic worship. What you're saying is not right, it's unscriptural. What you're, what you're trying to do is you're trying to be the only one in charge here. And what you're doing goes against the Bible and goes against what God told me. God told me I'm supposed to do. Well, what about when God, oh, are y'all hearing me today? What about when God, what about when God sits you down? See, we make these assumptions that it's men that sit people down. I'm, I'm going to tell you something right now, right? You know, you want to know God has sat me down. I'm going to tell you something you don't know nothing about here. I'm, I'm preaching here today, and I'm, and I'm uh, I don't know what time it is, so danger. <laughs> danger. Yeah, look, Annie's like, I'll hold it up for you. <laughs> she says, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> I, I told this to, to, to our leadership in the back. Um, God has closed out one, the, the last season of ministry that I did, the last thing that I did, the last anointing that I functioned under, God has closed out that season of my life. It is no more. It's done. It's finished. Oh, yeah. Here's the conundrum. God has not yet opened up the next season. So essentially, I am between assignments. I don't have I, have, I have a word from the Lord based on what I know he said to me in a previous season. But honestly, God has told me lots of stuff, and when it manifested, it didn't look nothing like I thought it would. Exactly. It was what he said. Exactly. 
But it didn't come dressed like I thought it was going to be dressed. It didn't come wrapped like I thought it was going to be wrapped. It didn't, it didn't work like I thought it was going to It was something. It was, it was him. It was his. It was what he wanted to do. And he was looking for me not to be conformed to something else, but to be transformed by what it was that he was offering. Does that make sense? And so, you know, right now, you know what I'm doing? I'm fulfilling the scripture in Timothy, where Paul said to Timothy, be instant in season and be instant out of season. I'm functioning on the momentum of the anointing and, and, and what God has done in my life up to this point. I'm going to be instant out of season. I'm still going to be here preaching to you out of season. I'm still going to be anointed out of season. I'm still going to have a word for you. I'm out of season, but I'm still going to have. You know why? Because God's made provision for me the, for the in-between. If God has made provision for me in the in-between, then he's made provision for you in the in-between. Listen, we've got to quit. We've got to quit acting like it's a, such a terrible thing that God is sitting some things down in us and raising some things up in other places. Listen, it is not a bad thing. It, it is a positioning. It is God taking and doing what he's always done, making the path straight. It's what John the Baptist did before Jesus came and walked on planet earth. He said this. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness to make straight the way of the Lord, to prepare the way of the coming Messiah. That's my purpose. That's what God called me to. That's the plan. When people, when people looked to John the Baptist, he didn't try to... That, that's, that's why I said some people are so busy building their image. And they're more concerned about how people will perceive them, how they're looked at on how they're looked at on social media, how they're looked at at church. Heck, last night I went to church in sweatpants and tennis shoes. t-shirt not the normal dress for a guest speaker but i didn't i didn't go i didn't go for image i went for comfort i didn't i had a feeling i might end up on my face and i did i had a feeling i might have to run with gill and gill ran i didn't get a chance to run with him but he ran i was on the drums i was stuck i gill took out run i was like don't go on it gill you should have waited till i was running. I came ready. I brought my new tennis shoes. I was going to run faster because I had new tennis shoes on. <laughs> I was going to jump higher because of my new shoes. So our identity, just briefly, our identity, this ain't going to take me very long. Our identity it shouldn't be in what we do, but in who we be. So your identity needs to be birthed out of the purpose for which God called you. Now, some of you still wrestling with what is my purpose? What is it that God's called me to do? I'm going to tell you there's one thing that God's called every one of us to do, and that's to be ministers of reconciliation. Preachers of the gospel. Bringers of the good news. Healers of the sick. We ought to cast out devils. We ought to speak with new tongues. If, if, any, if any deadly thing touches our lips... It don't have to hurt us. We can get snake bit. Yeah. 
and not be heard. We lay hands on the sick. The sick will recover. Amen. Thank God. That's what we know. And so the mission has always been clear. The mission has always been for God so loved the world. Really, really verse 17. That's 316. 317 says this. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. That's the mission. Do you know that's God's mission? Always has been. Always will be. That's what the whole book is about from Genesis to Revelation. It's about the Messiah and his coming. It's about the redemption of man. It's about men being reconciled unto God. That's what the whole book is about. From the beginning to the end. That's what the Bible is about. That God is not willing that any should perish. But that all come to repentance. And so what did that, what did that look like in the beginning? Of the church. Well, in the beginning of the church, the way that it looked, in fact, read, you can read this later because I don't want to take you through the, uh, every, every part of this, but in the book of Luke chapter 24, Luke chapter 24, maybe I will because at least read this one. And we, we read this one regular because I really like it. And I read it out of the Message Bible. We got the message back there, don't we? Put, put, Luke, put Luke chapter 24, verse 45 up there. And we're going to read all the way to the end. In this verse of scripture, you're going to see the picture of what we're seeing happen right now in the world. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. It says this. He went on to open their understanding of the word of God, showing them how to read their Bibles this way. He said, you can see how it is written that the Messiah suffers, rises from the dead on the third day, and then a total life change through the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed in his name to all nations starting from here. So y'all know what that's saying, right? He's saying, this is the mission. This is the mission. Understand it. This is why all this happened. Starting from here, from Jerusalem. He says it begins right here, right now. He said, you're the first to hear and to see it. All right, that is that. Do you know, it's it's extremely important. I I know y'all, I know I'm not not raising you to your feet as I'm preaching here today, but look at me right now, real quick. Hear, Hear what I'm, it's extremely important that you hear this. Every time we see a first time in the Bible, the first time something happened, What God is doing is he's setting a precedent. We should pay real close attention to all the firsts. We we talked about it. Remember when we talked a couple weeks ago about a Bethel, the house of God? Remember I was talking about that? About the gate? About uh, Jacob's ladder? What What did he call that place where he saw heaven touch earth? He called it Bethel, the house of God. That was the first time we heard house of God in Scripture. And it wasn't a temple. It was a rock. So the house of God never was a temple made with hands. I mean, it became, God gave instruction and that's what, that's where, you know, it led, it led in that direction. But the house of God, God defined in that first experience. The house of God is where, is where there's a portal, where there's a gate where there's a place of transitioning between heaven and earth, 
where heaven and earth touch, where there's a continual interaction between two dimensions. All right? That was the first. So, that, so when, we, when we think about the temple, when we think about the house of God, it's more than just a building. Even though we meet in buildings, even though the buildings are important, what's more important is the house of God is that place where heaven touches earth. That's the house of God. And so that was the first. So he said, he says in this scripture, starting from here, you are the first to hear it and to see it. This is the first. So it's important that we see and understand and take a lesson out of the first. So what, is, what does he say? You're the witnesses. What comes next is very important. I am sending what my father promised you. So stay here in the city until he arrives, until you're equipped with power from on high. Listen, church, look at me. If you've ever trusted your pastor, trust him today. What's happening right now is God is gathering people. He's gathering his people. You know, when the Bible says the, the, the goats and the sheep will be separated, the wheat and the tares and all that, that's what's happening right now. There's a separation. There's a separation between. One time the Lord told me this. He said, son, he said, um, there's coming a time, he said, where I'm going to put my church to sleep. Okay. I was like, what? I started rebuking the devil. I thought, Lord, you don't put people to sleep. You, you bring people to life. You're a revival God. You're not a God that the Lord said, son, I'm going to put people to sleep. I said, Lord, you're going to have to show me. You're going to have to prove to me in scripture that you ever put anyone to sleep. You know what he said next? He said, go to Genesis. I was like, oh, I went to the first. I went to the first. What, what the Bible called the first Adam. Who's the second Adam? Jesus is the second Adam. Oh. And, that, and then that's how the Lord started. He said, son, he said, I took the first Adam. He said, and I caused the sleep to come upon that Adam. He said, why did I cause the first Adam to fall asleep? I said, Lord, you put him to sleep so you could take a rib out of his... Oh. Oh. I said, Lord, you took a rib out of his side and you made him a wife he said son in the last days it'll be the same he says i will cause a sleep to come upon my people he said and i will take he said he said i will take and i'll put the second adam to sleep and i will pull a rib from the second adam's side he said and out of that rib i'm gonna build me a bride one without spot one without wrinkle one without blemish you know, a rib is small. So God is going to take out of a, a minority, out of the majority, a remnant, a group of people that will be willing participants, those that are willing. Listen, church, it's happening right now. It's happening right now. See, some of you, some of you are, are in a slumber. Some of you are trying to figure out how to awaken yourself out of a sleep. It is nearly impossible, seemingly, for you to get with what is happening. And you think it's just because somehow or another God has left you out. No, I'm telling you right now, it's your flesh and it's the enemy trying to keep you from what God put you on planet Earth for. God never intended for you to fall asleep during this time. God intended for you to get real close. 
Listen, if if I can make it through this, you can make it through this. If I can do this, you can do this. Boy, I'm preaching right now. Then he, went, then he went as far as to say this, Rick. You know what he said next? He said, he said you know why I'm picking a rib? I said, why, Lord? He said, because the rib's closest to my heart. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, I'm, I was in that time of prayer. I'm like, I just wanted to tuck in. In that moment, I wanted to tuck in. You know what? I don't think I've ever seen that. I've, I've preached on it. I've told people about it. I don't think I've ever seen a picture of it till now. And you see a picture of it here. You know, you know, when Jesus was talking and saying these things to these, what did he say? What did he say to him? He, he didn't say, now, you know, this is the mission. Now go fulfill the mission. No, he said, what's, what comes next is extremely important. Stay here until you receive the promise. Stay here until you receive what is necessary to do the mission. Stay here until you are endued, until you are anointed, until you are empowered, until you are immersed, until you are completely uh, possessed by the Holy Ghost. Because it's only by my spirit that the mission will be fulfilled. Do you know how many people he told this to? Over 600 Because scholars, scholars report that when they started waiting on the Holy Ghost before the day of Pentecost, there were over 600 that were waiting on the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. 60 days later, the promise is fulfilled and the 600 have turned into 120. A rib, a remnant. Let's, can we read the rest of these verses? So he tells them, stay here. Look what it says next. Ne- next, next few verses. He then led them out to the city, uh, to the, uh, out of the city over to Bethany, raising his hands, he blessed them, and while blessing them, he made his exit, being carried up to heaven. I like that. I like the way he said that. Next verse. And they were on their knees. Wor- you see the pattern? They were on their knees worshiping him. They returned to Jerusalem, bursting with joy. They spent all their time in the temple praising God. Yes. Of course, it says amen in the beginning. But yes. That's the, that's the moment we're in right now. We are in the time of gathering. We are in the time where, amen, hallelujah, where we are awaiting the promise of the Father. And some are experiencing the outpouring of the promise of God upon their lives. This is how it started. Do you see, do you see that what we see in Scripture is the same thing we're experiencing now in this country and all over the world? It's what God did in the beginning of this thing. And what, he, what he's doing now is following the same the same model, the same way he did it before, he's doing it again. Well, we've never been a part of it. We don't know, we don't know exactly how it's going. Do you know when they, when they waited on the promise of the Spirit, no one had ever been baptized in the Holy Ghost. When Jesus said, I'm going to fill you with, they didn't know what that looked like. They had no idea that one day there would come a sound from heaven. 
Can you imagine what that must have been thinking when they heard that sound? Like all the hair on their body standing on end. You know, some people, some people believe that what happened on the day of Pentecost happened in an upper room. I told you all the other night, I don't believe it happened in an upper room. The upper room is talked about in Acts chapter 1, but when it comes to Acts chapter 2, it says they were all with one accord in one place. An upper room, the upper room that they were in in chapter 1 was the upstairs bedroom of John Mark's house. There wasn't room for 120 people up there. There wasn't room for 600 people up there. And then the Bible says 3,000 people got saved right there in that place. How do you get 3,000 people saved in a bedroom? You don't. But what did, that, what did that chapter in the book of Luke say? Where were they at all the time? They were in the temple. They spent all their time in the temple. Say that. Say they spent all their time in the temple. Listen, when your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother, your cousin, your aunt, your uncle, your co-workers, your friends, when they all ask you why you're spending so much time in the church, just read them this scripture. Remind them, if that's what they did at first, then that's probably what we're going to have to do today. If that's how it happened the first time, probably that's what's going to happen every time. Are y'all hearing me today? Show them the word of God. Tell them what the word of God said. Don't sit there and try to, to pacify them. That ain't nothing but the devil or the flesh. We need to help some people to understand. Are y'all, are y'all hearing me today? We're not trying to run nobody off. We need to try to help people to understand. This is what, the, this is what scripture says. And just like they were in the temple all the time, what makes me think it's going to be any different for me? I'm going to be in the temple every opportunity that I get. Will this church be open during this week sometime besides Friday? Probably. Probably someone's going to end up in the parking lot. Probably someone's going to end up praying over here in this little cubby here. Uh, we're, if, if we can get our stuff working again, we'll probably get notifications of movement and things like that. You know, it's good. Because, because who are we to keep people away? I'll probably roll up in here. You know what? If you're if you hungry, if you're thirsty, drive by. See who's here. Join them. If I'm here or not here, don't make no difference. Whoever's here, you can get in the presence of God with them. If you want to be in the temple all the time, be in the temple all the time. That's where you probably need to be. Well, I can do it at home. Yeah, but you don't. So maybe you need to be in the temple all the time. Amen. If that's what he did in the first, then that's probably how he's going to... And it's there. It's right there in Scripture. It's right there in the Bible. It's right there in the Word. That's where we're at, church. Stand up, will you? That's where we're at. It's the model of heaven. So what can we expect next? Uh, You can expect the Holy Ghost to show up. What that's going to look like, I can't tell you. I was telling leadership in the back, I don't know what the next season's going to look like. I know what the Lord showed me a long time ago. I know what he told me through prophecies. I know what he's told some of you through prophecies. I think it's a good thing that you're not encumbered with 
the responsibilities of being the worship leader in this church in this season, Nakia. I think it's true for you, Michael. I think for a season that was where you were. You know what? And it sucked when it when because it, we didn't want it. wasn't It wasn't like I'm gonna sit. Bless God, I'm gonna sit you down. We don't we don't do that around here. We don't we don't punish people. We we try to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and to help us in the decisions that we make. Sometimes those decisions are based on natural circumstances that we have to navigate our way around. And and sometimes it's just you know when when Michael was no longer going to be worship leader here, it had nothing to do with him not being able to do it. Had nothing to do with he didn't have time. He was doing a fine job. It was just we felt like that there was a gift that was in Eric that needed to be accommodated. I knew before I ever talked to Michael about it, it would be a hard thing. Number one, because it's his brother. His little brother. (laughs) Number two, because Michael has a passion to worship God. He has a passion for music. He has a passion to be a part of the development of God's kingdom in this house. Amen. Amen. That's a hard thing because you think, what, what, do I, what am I going to do then? Miss Rhonda, when she, you know, she's taking care of them kids. She's been taking care of them kids a long time. And I saw the wrestling match going on in her because I knew good and well she's like, I know the Lord don't want me doing this, but he hadn't even showed me yet what I'm getting ready to move into. But I know I'm supposed to step out. Children's ministry is a little different because it's so close to your flesh. You know what I'm saying? Your your flesh is like, man, I need out of here. Every week your flesh is telling you that. (laughs) But she waited. She waited till she knew. And she stepped out right. I I believe that there's a reason you're unencumbered. You know, God God, God started out talking to me about you teaching. And you do that. But then I saw something emerge out of you that I'd never seen before. An anointing and a gift for evangelism. I wondered why I saw that. But now it's starting to make sense. It's starting to make sense. It's starting to make sense why some of you connected with evangelism so strongly. And and some of you thought, you know what? I just don't have, I can't, I can't divide my time. No, see, God was trying to, God was just trying to stir up in you that ministry of reconciliation because he knew there would be a time that every one of us would be called upon, no matter what our position was at church, that we would be called upon to take the good news to the entire world. That's why he's gathering us. His purpose is about to be revealed and we're about to find our identity in what he says and not just in what we've been doing. Come on now. Are you willing to lay down your identity for his? When Elisha did it, when Elisha laid down his identity for a period of time, he became the man that washed the hands of Elijah. He wasn't even Elisha anymore. They looked at him, they said, 
Weren't you that old boy who travels with that prophet washes his hands? Oh, yeah. Can you imagine how emasculating? <laughs> when, it, when they called Pastor Annie Sister Ziggy, I mean, she, li- she would literally almost be brought to tears. Why should I go with you? They don't even know who I am. I said, yeah, they do. You, they said you're Sister Ziggy. <laughs> that didn't go over well. <laughs> I am not sisters. I have a name. And, and, you know, when she's mad at me, it's not just Marianne Sanchez. It's Marianne Bentonker Sanchez. She threw that last name into the middle of her name. Her maiden name. <laughs> When things are well, she, she's a Sanchez. When it's not, she's like, I'm a Benton Kerr. That's why she named our dog Benny. To try to slip it in, slip the name in. But Elisha lost his identity. And then the person that he lost his identity to, Elijah, at the end of his life, when it's all getting ready to come to an end, oh, listen to this. When it's all getting ready to come to an end, what does Elijah do? He tries to ditch him at Bethel. I'm, go, I'm, I'm going over here, hang out here. I'm going over to the Jericho. And Elijah's like, wait a minute. I lost my identity to do what God told me to do. Are you trying to ditch me? Heck no. I will not leave you. I'm going with you to, Amen. He tried to ditch him three times. But he wouldn't go anywhere. He just stayed there with the prophet. You know know what? Sometimes you just got to stay there. You don't have to feel nothing. Listen, you don't have to feel the warm buzzies or the numb tinglies or the creepy crawlies. You just got to stay there. You just got to get in. You just got to get in close. You got to connect yourself with the men, with the women of God, with the people that God has called you to connect with. You've got to be faithful to the Lord, faithful to him. Praise his name. Worship him. Honor him. Make room for him. Because if you can stick it out, there will come a sound from heaven. we've We've already started hearing it around here. I just want you to know what comes next. What comes next? A harvest of souls. This church could be literally this, have this capacity today. And by the same time, tomorrow. We have people lined up waiting for their turn to get in. I mean, it could literally be that way. Are y'all hearing me today? Uh, you know, I'm not getting my hopes up. Don't, you nasty thing. Have a, have a bowel movement. Get rid of that trash. Have a spiritual... Amen. Let's ditch that nonsense. That's right. I've, I have always, a part of the vision of my life has always been that
that it would be like the days of Charles Finney and people like that, that entire communities would surrender their hearts to the Lordship of Jesus, yeah. that churches would be filled to capacity, that, that there would come a time when people would have to meet in open, open fields, oh, yeah. yes. community centers, barber shops, airplane hangers, garages, living rooms, parking lots, wherever, wherever people could be gathered in large numbers. That's the kind of harvest of souls that I believe God wants to bring in. Get ready, church. Go ahead now. The time has come. Amen. And we're receiving it today in the name of Jesus. No matter what it looks like from here on out. No matter what it looks like. Some people say, Pastor, did you hear they're shutting down them meetings at Asbury? Uh, the last, in fact, the last evening meeting in the chapel is today. They're no longer going to allow meeting in the chapel. They've designated another place. I don't even, I'm not even sure it'll be on campus, but it'll be a large auditorium where everyone will meet. And then on the, by the 28th, they're not going to have any more meetings. I, I see people getting online, pray, don't let them kill revival. I mean, listen, God gave them stewardship over it for a reason. There are times that you go on. There are times that you don't. There are times that you stay until it's finished, and there are times that you move on when God says move on. So we have to, we have to trust that God is going to do all that he desires to do. Uh, but you're accountable for you and for what he, what he gives us to steward. So be faithful to God. Be faithful to God. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Don't be concerned about the... You know what, Rachel? Sometimes I get cranky when the Holy Ghost comes on me. Now, all of a sudden he comes alive. <clears throat> Miracles do happen, amen? Sleep in all service. Oh, yeah. Anyway, was... Annie was telling me, she's like, I don't want to lose this, man. I don't want to lose what God's doing. She's like, but she was getting kind of cranky a little bit. I was like, man, you're getting cranky. <laughs> Sometimes what we do is we say, you need to stay in the spirit. That's what we say. Sometimes it, the crankiness is coming because the spirit is on us. The spirit is on us. We get cranky because we're like, this sucks. Yeah. I'm not, I, th I thought he, when he squeezed me, everything nice would come out. Yeah, and then you got to do all the stuff you got to do all day. Then you got kids like, mama, 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 mama. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. But he got his hand on you now. <laughs> it's okay, church. You're going to make it. It's okay. You're going to make it. You're going to get cranky. That don't mean God ain't with you. Don't do that to yourself. Don't do Don't be like, oh, I messed it up. I'm going to check up revival because I got cranky. No, you just, you just got with your pastor a little bit. 
We're in this thing. We don't have to pray for it. We're in it. We just need to thank God for it in the name of Jesus. Put your hand on someone right now. Pray for them. Father, we thank you. Lord, we lay in our hands on each other. We're praying, God, that today as we go out of here, we'll go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Lord, thank you. Go on. Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing here, God, in us, with us, through us, for us, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that the anointing of your spirit will continue to work and to move in each one of us that are in this house, that we will recognize, Lord, what it is that you're saying, what it is that you're doing. And Lord, that we'll yield to your spirit in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving and setting us free. Thank you for giving your life just for me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, I love you guys. I appreciate you all. I speak health, healing, and wholeness to your bodies. I pray strength to you, mind, soul, spirit, body, in the name of Jesus. I declare that God's going to see you through this busy. Will you be all right, Seth? You're going to make it through this. Amen. You're going to make it through, Seth. He burned in the candle at both ends and in the middle. But we're believing God. We're believing God, man. At some point, Seth's just going to be a supervisor. He's going to look over somebody's shoulder and be like, call me if you need me. I'm going to church. Thank God. But let's continue to believe God for the greater measure. And uh, so right now, the schedule this week, of course, you know how it is. I will probably be here part at, at least sometime in the week at different times in the day uh, to do my praying. And, and I'm trying to come here to do my praying and to seek the Lord uh, while I'm here. But... Um, if you drive by and the car's out there, feel free to come on in. If the door is locked, pound on the door. I'll hear you. Um, don't ring the bell because right now that's not working. So, um, But pound on the door and um, pound on one of these doors or knock on my office window because that's usually where I'm at. Knock on my office window, just wave in there, and uh, I'll come around and let you in. But uh, um, I'm looking forward to all that God has for us. It's a great day. These are the best times to be alive. Amen. In Jesus' name, for the church. Thank God. All right, listen, I love you guys. Go in his presence. Before you leave, love someone because you do. Shawnee tonight, 6 o'clock, if you want to join us tonight. Um, I would encourage you to join us if you can. We understand if you can't, but I love you guys. I love you with all of my heart. Go in his presence. I'll see you guys uh, Wednesday. We will have church Wednesday.